Adam Crowley Show. Uh, he went from the bottom. I give up, man. If you're not going to be honest about it, I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like my Bye-bye. nipple looks like my cat, like a like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. That is one old woman. That's an old broad right there. Fortunately, under France's law of marrying dead people, you're all good. Oh, we can go back and tap that. Marry her up. Oh, that was a terrible... Why did I say (laughs) that? Why did you even... Why did I say that? We move on from that. Put it behind us. That's what she said. She's dead, Brian. And has been for 21 years. This popped up on my Twitter feed. A man says his marriage has broken down after a CVS worker told his wife about Viagra prescription. Guess that means he didn't want to do it with his wife, and then she found out that he could still do it with her, and it wasn't really ED. Oh. Yeah. That's that's me reading between the lines, but I believe that that's exactly what happened. I think I nailed that, in fact. Well, things aren't looking up for that guy. Life's getting hard. Is it really that bad that the Penguins lost to the Capitals? It is because you don't want to lose to the Capitals. I get that. Let's not be jackasses and respond to the question that way. Is it that bad that they lost to the Capitals? Well, yeah, you don't want to lose to anybody, and you certainly don't want to lose to your rival, and you certainly don't want to see your rival go on and win the Stanley Cup. But a lot of people underestimated this Capitals team, including myself. Out of the last three years, this is the worst Capitals team that they've had in terms of the talent. Now, in terms of playing together and playing the system and playing good, hard defense and the goaltender playing better than he's played, yeah, this is the better team. But on paper, you look at it and you think, okay, this team should not be doing what this team's doing. But they are, because they are good, which means the Penguins didn't lose to some Island of Misfit Toys thrown together hockey club. They lost to a really good friggin' hockey team. They lost to the hockey team that's most likely going to win the Stanley Cup. So... How bad are these Penguins really? How much of an overhaul do these Penguins really need? Not much of one. There are a lot of people panicking after the Penguins lost to the Washington Capitals. Well, the Broussard trade, bad. It was awful. How dare you? Ryan Reeves, you need that guy. You need Ian Cole. Okay. Well, how do you feel now? Ian Cole lost to the Capitals. Ryan Reeves going to lose to the Capitals. All the Penguins lost to the Capitals. Marc-Andre Fleury going to lose, it looks like, to the Washington Capitals. But consider this. Matt Murray had better numbers than any goalie did in the playoffs against the Capitals. Kuznetsov had less points against the Penguins than any other team that they played against. The Capitals are a very good, great hockey team. So we can now stop complaining about how the Penguins didn't play all that well, right? I think we can Sometimes you lose. If you're going to lose, wouldn't you rather lose to the eventual Stanley Cup champion? Well, yes and no. You don't want to lose to a rival. You don't want your rival to win the championship. But what a great story for the National Hockey League. The defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champs lose to the eventual Cup champs? That is literally a passing of the torch. The only way that the NHL could have that be better is if it happens in the Stanley Cup final. It's the Penguins versus Vegas. It's the Penguins trying to win their third in a row while you've got the new Johnny-come-latelys trying to win theirs. And then that way you can literally see the Stanley Cup pass to them. But other than that, this is pretty damn good theater for the National Hockey League. And in fact, I think it's exactly what they'd want. 
But that being said, the Penguins, they lost to a team that's going to win the championship. Okay. You move on. You throw your hands up. They could have beat them. They had opportunities to beat them. They led going into the third period in two games they lost in that series. That sucks, but you lost to a good team. The best team in the league. The team that's going to hoist the trophy. That should make you feel a little bit better. 412-922-2874. We're going to hear from Brian Metzer coming up in about 14 minutes on the Crowley Show to talk to him about that and some other tidbits around in the Pittsburgh Penguins. If the Capitals do go on to win, and as I mentioned, I think that they will, the rivalry's better for it. The Penguins and Capitals rivalry. What are the best rivalries in sports? For me, it's Duke, North Carolina, it's Auburn, Alabama, it's Michigan, Ohio State, it's Red Sox, Yankees, it's Canadians, Bruins, and it's because those are the rivalries that have teams that have won championships. The Red Sox-Yankees rivalry was great. Always has been great. You know whenever it really hit its pinnacle? You know when it hit its climax? At the same time, the entire city of Boston hit their climax collectively. In 2004, Yankees up 3 nothing. Red Sox come all the way back. That, to me, is when that rivalry became the biggest in sports. Because the Yankees, the all-time winningest championship team, lost to the team that hadn't won one since 1918. And then they went on to win the World Series. That's made Red Sox-Yankees that much better, and the Red Sox have gone on to win it again since then. Rivalry's awesome. Both teams spent a bunch of money. But to me, it wasn't as hot when it was the Yankees who had won what it was, 25, 27 championships, and the Red Sox hadn't won any since, well, that chick from France was alive, but everyone else had been dead. And it wasn't exactly hot to me then. Bama wins all the time. Auburn wins one with Cam Newton. You start to feel a little bit better about that rivalry. Okay, now both teams are competing. Uh, They went to another national championship. Auburn did. That makes it badass. When it's just Bama rolling Auburn, why do anybody outside of Alabama care. The Iron Bowl's great. Well, yeah, whenever both teams are national championship caliber. Pitt and West Virginia hate each other. I hate Pitt with a passion. On Saturdays when West Virginia wins and Pitt wins, I feel a little bit bad because Pitt had won. That doesn't happen very often. Pitt won what? Five games last year? Only five Saturdays I had to be a little upset. But it's not. A national rivalry. I guarantee well to you that I hate Pitt as much as Duke people hate North Carolina people, as much as Alabama people hate Auburn people, but I also guarantee well to you that no one outside of this area gives a rip about that rivalry. But if Pitt and West Virginia were winning national championships, eh, it's a much bigger rivalry on a national scale then. Championships, success makes rivalries better. The Ravens were just an expansion team. Then they win the Super Bowl in 2000. Then they win it again, what, 2010. If they don't, do you think the Steelers and their fans care about that team? No! Do you think the country cares? No! Would Magic Bird have been interesting had both not won championships? Maybe, but not as interesting. I don't want to see the Capitals win the Stanley Cup because I'm a Penguins fan. I don't want to see their rival be successful, but it absolutely does, without a doubt, add to the rivalry. The Penguins have beat the Caps en route to all of their championships. Every single time they've beat them and then went on to win the Cup. 
If the Capitals win, then they'll have beaten the Penguins every time that they've won the Cup. It's just once. I throw that one in there. But it makes the rivalry a rivalry that, yes, was a big one, but now is maybe the biggest one. Penguins fans don't like the Flyers. They hate Flyers fans and the Flyers, I think, more than the Capitals. But if the Capitals win a championship, maybe that starts to change a little bit. Maybe you can view them as a legitimate peer, a true peer. Finally, Ovechkin's going to have a leg to stand on in the Crosby conversation. Finally, he's not just the goal scorer, but the captain who captained his team to a championship. You don't think that adds to the injury? You don't think that that adds to the storyline to the casual fan? I do. I watch every Duke-North Carolina basketball game. I hate them both. Bunch of spoiled Southern brats. But I watch because one of those teams is going to be in the Final Four every year. It's just the way it is. I watch every Michigan-Ohio State game. I watch Celtics-Lakers. That one might be a lie. Maybe I don't watch that. But I watch Bama-Auburn. I watch Texas-Oklahoma. I don't watch Iowa State-Iowa. I don't watch Kansas State-Kansas. I don't. Sorry, Big 12 brethren. Don't give a rip about that one. I don't, I don't affect me. NC State-North Carolina in football. Who cares? Not me. I want to see championship pedigree on both sides. So, as much as I don't want to see Washington win the Stanley Cup, I think it makes the rivalry that much better. 412-922-2874. They're going to win it, though. Dave Lozo, he writes for a national publication. He said, here are all the ways that Washington could cough this series up. It ain't the Capitals from the past, in case y'all haven't noticed. It ain't the same squad, in case y'all haven't noticed. Down 2-0 to Columbus in round one. Blow a lead in game one against their hated Penguins. Blew a 2-0 series lead against Tampa and then came back to win the last two games of that series. They're not going to blow this. They're structurally sound. Their best players are playing their best. They're getting contributions from players that you wouldn't think would contribute. Devontae smith pelly has got six freaking goals in these playoffs. He's just a guy. Making the league minimum. He had to make the team in a training camp tryout, and he's got six goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Playoffs? They're not going to choke this one away. They're better than Vegas, and that has become abundantly clear. Vegas looks like they're dealing with a bouncy ball the whole damn time they're in the offensive zone. It's because capital sticks are everywhere. They're getting bodies in lanes. And the goaltender has been pretty darn good stopping the pucks that he has to stop. It's over. Stick a fork in them. They're done. We'll talk to Brian Metzer about all that. Coming up next. TSP in Pittsburgh. New development here on the Crowley Show. Brian LaMartina has won the Employee of the Month. Woo! Yeah, yeah Brian! And a baby. Boys. With the royalties. So that means that two of the three people working on this show has one Employee of the Month, and that means Tom has not. Mine, it's got to be coming down the pipeline soon. I've been it doing such good jo- work here. Does it really have to be coming down the pipeline? I would think so, right? I mean, you're acting like it's a foregone conclusion. Only two people would vote for you, and neither of them are going to. You guys wouldn't vote for me? I shouldn't have said that. Oh. I mean, I'd no. vote for you as long as there weren't like other people voting for you. No. Like, yeah. Enough to make you employee of the month. We don't want you to win. 
Tom, look, it takes takes pure dedication. It takes a head for business. It takes a head for radio. It takes someone who really guts it out every day, who go, comes in, they they do everything they can, and then right when they don't think they can do anymore, they dig down a little bit deeper, and they just pull it out from that reserve, that reserve tank that most people don't have, the one that's reserved for only true employees of the month who are very, very, very good at their job. Not to mention, 100% of all past Employee of the Month winners have worn shirts to work. It's a good point. That might hurt you there. Wearing a shirt is a a good step towards... Do uh, do people around here want me to put my shirt back on? Brian Metzger joins us now from the Penguins Radio Network. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final is tomorrow. We'll get to that in a moment. Metz, how are you, man? I'm great. How about you, my friend? Great to be back with you. Yes, we're very excited about it. You bring the energy and... Frankly, Tom is a little upset because Brian won Employee of the Month and his energy is receding. So we need you to bring some energy. Uh, I said in the last segment that even though I don't want to see the Capitals win the Cup, I do think it's going to make this Penguins-Capitals rivalry even more special than I think it already has been. Yeah, I guess it will to a certain extent just because they will have now reached that pinnacle and now Ovechkin would have his Stanley Cup and all of those kinds of things. But to me, that playoff series or the playoff series that take place between the two teams themselves, I I saw somebody that I used to cover the Penguins with here in Pittsburgh that now lives in D.C. saying something about the narrative of the the Capitals not being able to to do something or to do something against the Penguins is now dead. And I go, well, it's really not dead until they beat them more than two of 11 times. (laughs) So, like, to me, that's what's really going to determine it. Yes, it brings a little bit more juice because of a, a Stanley Cup. But you got to win more than two of eleven before you start to really spice that rivalry up for me. Okay, so I I understand that point, and I think you're right about that. And I think Penguins fans will do a lot of that. I think Penguins fans will say, "Okay, Yins won one, we've won five, we've beat Yins on the way to all five. You've only beat us in the way to one." A lot of that's going to happen, but I do think that the dynamic shifts a little bit whenever the banner is raised, if it is raised in Washington, and maybe the Penguins are the team watching that ceremony at the start of the season in October. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, you can't take anything away from them. I mean, this this team that they put together, everybody really didn't expect this to happen for them after the, the group that they had last year and all the players that they lost. And you see all those young guys on their blue line. This could be a, a pretty dynamic uh, team moving into next year or the year after as well. So that really will spruce things up. And as you said, putting up a banner that actually means something for them is going to change the course of their franchise probably because they were the king of the, the non-significant or the unsignificant banner. And, and now they'll have one that will really count, assuming they were able to finish this off. And I guess that would be the assumption. I don't think it's a huge assumption, though. Uh, I went into detail a little bit about that at the end of the last segment, too, Mets. Uh, I saw a piece by Dave Lozo saying, if the Capitals are going to blow it, here's how they're going to blow it. As much as I do think Vegas is a very good hockey team, I just don't see any of the old Washington Capitals in this squad anymore. And it took me a while to buy into them, but they're so structurally sound. They play such good defense. It's a really darn good hockey team. They they really are. They're smothering Vegas. Um, whenever the, the Knights might be generating some shots on goal and things, but Braden Holtby's been outstanding. Whenever uh, he's looked like he would have a little bit of a you know a clink in his armor or something, the defense has really stood up. As you you just said, they've been so dynamic defensively, and that's a big difference. And I think that that starts with that center depth. You and I talked about that when we uh, you know were talking about this team against the Penguins that the centers were outplaying the Penguin centers to a certain extent because they didn't have it 
one through line four anymore. They had some guys that were definitely a step below what Washington was able to bring. And now you're seeing that. I mean, the, the center depth for Washington is making a huge difference against the Vegas Golden Knights. The, the defensemen are outplaying the defensemen on the night side. I mean, it's amazing to watch guys just standing around as the Capitals pick them apart with passes and have Marc-Andre Fleury moving side to side and looking awfully human again. And it's really not that big a fault of his own. Yes, he needs to be better. But I feel like he's being really left out to dry by that defense that was playing so well in front of him. And the, the Caps are just, everything is going well for them right now. And as I said, it starts up front works right down through that blue line, and then it ends in, in that with Braden Holpe, who, for my money, could really throw his hat in the ring for the Con Smythe, even though I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win it, but he certainly deserves mention in the conversation. He's been that damn good, and look, they've been great defensively in front of him, but you still got to stop the pucks, and he's stopping the pucks. Uh, as for what you said about the luck, man, they really have been getting a lot of bounces. Uh, they got... I thought outplayed in stretches in that last game, and James Neal misses the cage. They hit a pipe. Now Washington put in all their opportunities, but Vegas did have a lot of chances. I thought it was the better of the last two games that they've played. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, they, they carried play to start the game for sure. They were all over Washington in the first, what, 10, 12 minutes of the first period, and they weren't able to capitalize. And then I think there's something to be said, though, Adam, for being able to finish your chances. When you get them, you got to put the puck in, and Washington's being able to do that right now, and the Knights aren't. And we know just from the Penguins, where you, you saw so many things go their way over the past two runs that when they were putting together the back-to-back Stanley Cups, and usually when you're skating hard and working hard and you are maybe just a better team at that moment, you start to get the puck luck, and I think that's what's really happening for Washington. Their hard work is manufacturing that for themselves, the Knights right now have looked awfully mortal all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, we saw that team just roll through the Stanley Cup playoffs. It only took them 15 games to get to the Stanley Cup, and now uh, they don't even look like that same team because of what the, the Capitals have done to them. So it's been a great run for them, and it's not over yet, but everything that you're seeing with the Caps right now points to them being able to finish this off, and that's why they're getting the puck luck. That's why everything's going their way, and I think it's going to be that way in the next game unless the Knights come out and – Finish off those chances early on in the first. You've got to score early and maintain that lead. They've not been able to do that. For Washington to win the Cup, does that make the loss by the Penguins that much more palatable for Penguins fans? It's an interesting question, I think, because you don't want to see Washington win, but at the same time, you're the back-to-back Stanley Cup champ. You lost to the eventual champion. Maybe you don't need to tweak all that much. Maybe uh, realize, eh, we were close to them. They won the cup, and we come back next year, a couple of tweaks here and there, we're okay. Well, you know you know as well as I do that in this city, that's going to be a narrative that's going to go crazy. Oh, we lost to the champs, so that's not too bad. You know, you always want to lose to the champions. Well, and it doesn't really make it easier. It still stinks when you're, you know, the Penguins. You don't want to lose to that rival the way that they did, and I felt like Washington pretty handily beat them, even though, now that said, when you look at how the Penguins played them, I don't think they made it necessarily easy on the Capitals. The Capitals were able to score some big goals off the defensive deficiencies that we know all too well at this point. So when you look at it that way, you feel like you can plug a couple of holes if you're the Penguins and you're going to be right there and able to compete with the Washington Capitals next year a little bit better than you were this season. But I, I don't buy into that. You know, It makes it easier just to have lost to them if they go the distance. Yes, that just says they're a very good hockey team, and 
that that was really what it came down to it that it was two good hockey teams that came together in the second round once again if they didn't meet then maybe the penguins advance and they would have been able to play in the conference final and found their way into the stanley cup again but when those kinds of uh formidable opponents come together one of them has to win the penguins are just the team that got the breaks and were able to pull it off the last two years it didn't happen this time around I sense, and I have sense, talking to you, the disdain for Washington on on some levels. Uh, out of all the players that they've got, <laughs> uh, who are the who are the guys that you least want to see lift that Stanley Cup? Because obviously, for me, I mean, and for most Penguins fans, it's Tom Wilson. But like T.J. Oshie, I don't want to see him lift the cup. As much as Matt Niskanen seems to be a nice guy, yeah, he pisses me off. He's always talking about what we need to do, what we need to do, as if he was one of the Penguins who won the Stanley Cup. He never won Jack. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see any of them lifted. Now that I think about, it. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, I just talked myself into not wanting to see any of them. I wanted you to rank them, and I just hate them all. Damn it! Well, this is what's crazy here, Mister Crowley. The the one guy on the team, or there's two of them, that would probably pain me the least is, is Braden Holtby because I, I just feel like he earned his role, role of being back in net for them. I think that's one guy that never really says anything to make you say, "Well, boy, that guy's a real jerk." And at this point. I feel like Ovi is one of the the guys on the team that's the easiest to like in comparison to all the names you just threw out. I mean, I don't like the bird celebration from Kuznetsov, <laughs> even though he's been tremendous. Con Smythe winner for you? It's, it's a, easy to make a case for him. Yeah. He's number two in goals. He's number one in points. Four assists the other night. I mean, that guy is really playing the best hockey of his career, and that's saying something that he's been able to supplant Nick Backstrom on the top line and really make things go with Ovi. Uh, he's been outstanding, but he, you know, that doesn't mean we have to like him and what he does. He, he's kind of a jerk with that. Uh, I don't look at it as a fun thing. And I'm with you, though. I don't want to see Oshie win it. He, he's not USA's hero anymore. Let's make mention of the fact that those uh, shootout goals happened in a meaningless Olympic game. Yes. Everybody likes to act like it was something big. All it did was a preliminary round win, and then they blew it in the games that counted. So that, that's nothing to get behind. And I'm with you on Wilson. I don't want to see those guys win. And the two former Penguins, I really don't want to see win either because they've been awfully jerk-like since arriving in Washington. That's Niskanen and Norfolk. All right, give me your Conn Smythe power rankings. One through, how many you want to do? I'll give you one through three. How about that? Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to go, well, and this is assuming Washington wins because if, I'll throw this out as a wild card. And well, I'll just make the last one. So it's going to be Ovi because he's going to get the sentimental vote. So he's number one in the power ranking here. Number two is Kuznetsov. I would throw Holtby into number three if Washington wins. And Marc-Andre Fleury still in the conversation. If Vegas pulls this off and comes back and wins three straight now, I think he still will win the Conn Smythe Trophy. I like that list. Uh, that would, yeah. I, I think Kuznetsov for me would be the vote. That's who I'd vote for. Yeah, I think he... He's been so dominant, man. I mean, he he looks like he is now one of the best players in the game of hockey. He's always been right there, uh, at least lately, and he hadn't been producing in the playoffs, and now he's let go, uh, let loose, and he's been the guy. Uh, Brian Metzer joining us here on the Crowley Show. What percent chance would you give Vegas for winning the next three hockey games? Well, I mean, I I think at this point, I mean, it's it's a pretty grim scenario. Uh, maybe 30%, and that's probably generous. Wow. And that's only because I, I just don't know how you're going to reel off three wins based on what we've seen happen in these last three hockey games. I mean, I know it's very, it could very easily happen. They could start to just find an antidote for those cross-ice passes that are really tormenting them in their, offense or in their defensive zone and 
maybe guys stop following the puck and standing around and just watching the Capitals play catch with it. They, they've got to find some solutions, and, and it starts with the next game. Now, if they win that one, that percentage goes up a little bit. But for right now, I think it sits at about 30%, and as I said, I feel like that's a little bit of a generous assessment based on what we've seen. They don't seem to have an answer. Yeah, 30% seems high, but I think Penguins fans certainly would like it. I've kind of chuckled to myself as we've seen the ratings go down for the Stanley Cup final in Pittsburgh, the more and more success Washington's had. Well, you know, they don't want to look at all the celebrating going on up there uh, right outside of the building, all around the portrait gallery, that those steps are typically reserved for Penguins fans. They are. Well, the Caps have certainly taken them back now. Uh, they, they're having a good old time, and that that's the only kind of thing that's, that's fun to watch as as that market enjoys it, but I think everybody here hates it. And I saw that fight happening on Twitter that people were yelling at one another that you need to appreciate it as oh. a fan of hockey. No, you don't. F that. Couldn't <laughs> agree more. appreciate that. Uh, you know, you appreciate it when your team does good, and that's what's happening down there right now. Penguins fans are clearly tuning out. Metzer, I spent the entirety of yesterday's show ripping people who said, oh, you got to appreciate Washington. F that, man. No <laughs> way. Rock the red. Shut the hell up. No way. No way. They're the rival. You can't root for the rival. If Pitt got to the national championship game in football, as a West Virginia guy, am I going to go, oh, I'm so happy for all my friends who are Pitt alum. Hell no. I'm not going to talk to them for a year and a half. <laughs> and mainly just because you wouldn't want to hear them rubbing it in. Exactly. That's what would happen. Yeah, screw yeah, that. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. No, I'm with you. There, there's nothing to appreciate uh, as a person living in Pittsburgh and growing up in Pittsburgh and being a Penguins fan. But that said, for the for the league and for the game to have a, a U.S. market do what's happening down there now, it's really fun to see, and it's that's growing the game, of course. I mean, I can't say I've ever seen the Capitals fan base be that enthusiastic about anything, and that's even going back 20 years ago because I saw them make the Stanley Cup back then and get eliminated in four games. They looked just as dominant as, as uh, the Wings did then in this series against the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what's funny is that series, if you go back, it looks like 60% of the crowds in Washington were Red Wings fans. I mean, the whole damn thing. And now they're rocking That's the why red. they block people from buying the tickets. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mets, thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it as always. And hopefully we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me. And uh, enjoy your summer. Yeah, you too. Go Knights. Oh, I, I see what you did there. You don't want to come on anymore. And you were just subtly <laughs> throwing it in. Enough with you, Crowley. I'm going to take some no, time no, off. Anytime. Anytime. You know that. All right, we'll go sunbathe, all right, buddy? All right, take care. There he goes, Brian Metzer, Penguins Radio Network. Great guy. He's right. Metzer is a docile human. He is. He's a very nice guy, high energy, but he's on Crowley's side when it comes to people saying, oh, you got to appreciate what Washington's doing with their fan base. you gotta, you got to say, oh, they should be happy. Oh, uh, It happens around here. Now it's happening there. They're all getting experience what you've experienced. I don't want them to experience what I've experienced. I want to have a better life than every Washington Capitals fan that's ever lived. That includes you, Pat Sajak. What a D-bag. All right, that's probably not fair. But he is the third most popular thing on his own show, behind Vanna White and the Wheel. Pat Sajak. Want to learn about Denmark? At underscore Adam Crowley on Twitter.com is where you can vote for what team... We should root for in the World Cup. And we're going group by group, and we are on Group C now. And we are now on Denmark, and we're trying to educate you not about the team, because who cares about the soccer players? We will educate you about the country. I am confused a little bit about Denmark, though. Like, I got a couple of questions before I start giving you facts. 
Like, is it the Netherlands? Is it the Dutch? The Danes? Denmark confuses me. I think it's the Dutch. I think it's the Danes, too. And Denmark is also the Netherlands? I think it's all three, yeah. yeah. It's the Netherlands. Sure. Something's the Netherlands. No, the Netherlands is different, I believe. Is it? Do you really think it's different? I think it is. I, I, I don't know. So if you think it's different... Now I don't know. Now then I definitely don't know. Because I thought it was the same. The Netherlands is its own country. Is it really? Yeah. It's different than Denmark? Yeah. Are we huh. sure? I'm pretty sure. What's Google say? Uh, let's see here. Well, we'll get back to that. Netherlands is a country in northwestern Europe is known for a flat landscape of canals, tulip fields, windmills, and cycling routes. Amsterdam, the capital. It's home to something Rick's, Rick's Museum. Is Denmark... Does, okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Is Amsterdam not the capital of Denmark? No, it's the capital... Amsterdam is the capital of the Netherlands. What's the capital of Denmark? Let's see here. Google that. Oh, boy. Holy crap. If it comes up Amsterdam, I'm going to be happy. It's not. They're different countries? Oh, my gosh. My mind is blown. They're different countries? Yes. Different flags and all. What? Holy yeah. crap. Wait a second. I thought this was the team that was going to be clad all in orange. Oh, this is... This is ridiculous. All right. Let me get to Denmark here. The UN World Happiness Report has rated the Danes, I suppose, or the Dutch. I don't know, as the happiest people on Earth two years in a row. <laughs> Danes eat an average of 42 sausages a year. First acknowledged in 1219, the Danish flag remains the oldest state flag in the world, still in use by an independent nation. It's a different flag than the Netherlands. Son of a... Between 1880 and 1920, about 10% of the entire Danish population emigrated to the United States. Well, I suppose then they couldn't be that happy. They're all leaving. Either way, I think we've all learned something very valuable from this segment, and that's... I don't know geography, and also... The Netherlands is different than Denmark? I've got a couple other facts on top of that, if you'd like. Are they about the Netherlands or Denmark? They're about Denmark. Sure. In Denmark, you just can't name your kid anything you want. You have to have the name approved by, like, certain ministries within the government. So I can't name my kid Chicken Nugget? No, absolutely not. Wow. You can't name your kid LeBron. You can't name your... Anything like that. Well, like, I, I feel like that one N might fly. Most of the NBA's done. Like, you, you can't name your kid... Like if you're in Denmark and you have like aspirations for your kid to be in the NBA. Can't happen. Another interesting fact. Want one? Well, now, wait a second. I'm really curious now. The Netherlands, is that the Dutch and Denmark's the Danes? Did we figure, are we good there now? No. You don't know, Tom. The hell you think no, you I think know? Denmark's both the Danes and the Dutch. I don't know that. The Netherlands are just the Netherlands. We'll have answers for you when we come back. We've got Holland, the Netherlands, and Dutch. How does Holland figure into the whole I think thing? Holland is actually the Netherlands. Oh, Holland's the Netherlands. Yeah, I think so. So Holland has the Dutch. And Denmark's the Danes. And the Dutch. <laughs> this is what happens when we try to do, like, educated humor here on the show. Well, at least you got your humor. Coming uh, up next, it's the great unsponsored football hey. segment filled with knowledge and fun. Wait a second, brought to you by To Be Determined. I don't know where Dutch people are from, but I sure as hell know what a Dutch oven is. It's a Dane oven.
There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, a flute with no holes is not a flute. And a donut with no hole is a Danish. He's a funny guy. The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined coming up in moments here on the Crowley Show. Our Twitter poll for which team from Group C we should advance to the next round in our World Cup tournament has Australia in the lead at 38%. We haven't even learned about them yet. Peru, France, and Denmark. Let's be honest, we haven't learned much about Denmark here either. Although I have, because I heard that it was a different country than Holland, which is the Netherlands. And in Holland, which is also called the Netherlands, they're the Dutch. But in Denmark, they're the Danes. I blame Holland for all this. This is just a mess. Honestly, just put all these countries together and let's just call them something, because this is confusing. I agree with that. And here's here's what happened. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Dutch and Danes confused me. Right? Yeah. And then Holland going by two names confused me. Because Dutch and Danes are basically the same thing to me. This non-worldly United States jackass. So I thought Netherlands could have meant Denmark. Somebody tweeted at me. And they said, this is mean. It's real mean. You are a bleeping moron for confusing Dutch with Denmark. Can you stop breathing tonight? Wow. Wow, that's it. That Take escalated it easy, quick. And Blake tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. It's Denmark that wears all orange. No, I think he's wrong. I think he is wrong there. Son of a bitch! Let's go to Neil in Illinois, whose father was stationed in one of those godforsaken places in the military. Hello, Neil. Help me out, please. Um, Dutch is like calling yourself an American. So the Dutch are from the Netherlands, which is also known as Holland, whose national team colors are orange. Does that help you? No. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate the time. 412-922-2874. He didn't tell us anything about Denmark. He didn't help us at all. I mean, he said they wore orange. But You're... that was the Netherlands. Oh. See, this is the it's problem. It's so confusing. Make them one damn country. All right, look, who's who was the... Uh, let's see. All right, you do your research. I'm going to do And I'll take us to the great unsponsored football segment brought to you by... To be determined, filled with knowledge and fun. We'll try to teach you about Peru in a few minutes here. Oh, jeez. Hopefully we don't confuse it with Ecuador. You mean Uruguay? No, we did Uruguay. 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 Mark Madden wrote a piece for WXDX.com saying that the Steelers' defense is not championship caliber. Steelers cannot win the Super Bowl with the defense constructed as it currently is. Here's what I got to say to Mark. The Steelers' defense can absolutely improve in a couple of ways. With players getting better and in scheme. Don't smile about that. Of course, I, I realize what I just did there. They can improve if they get yes, better. Yes, thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate that. But they've got a lot of young players on the defense. They've got a lot of pedigree on the defense. And 
They need to take a step forward. Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Javon Hargrave, TJ Watt, they could all improve. Bud Dupree, I'm not going to count on him. Morgan Burnett, though, in my opinion, is better than Mike Mitchell. Bostic and Matikiewicz are both good run stuffers. They can be better in terms of talent this year with the talent they already have taking a step forward. But beyond that, scheme can help the Steelers a bunch. Last year they were limited. When Ryan Shazier went down, yikes. What are you going to do? You don't have Tyler Matikiewicz either, so you slide in Sean Spence. If you want to play an extra defensive back, who are you going to play? William Gay? God bless William Gay. He was a great stealer for a lot of years, but he didn't have it last year. He wasn't the same guy anymore. So you're limited. Mike Mitchell didn't have it. Sean Davis is not a center fielder. Now the Steelers have a lot of options on the back end. They have a lot of interchangeable pieces. They have guys who can they can move into the box. Morgan Burnett can play the box. Hopefully Terrell Edmonds can play the box. One of those guys you're going to have to think might be able to be a center fielder. Maybe Cam Sutton can be a center fielder. Maybe he's your nickelback. Mike Hilton was one of the better nickels in the entire game last year. Let's see how he is able to play now that he's got another year under his belt. These Steelers don't have to be great defensively. They just have to be mediocre if the offense is as good as the offense was towards the end of the season. If you take what the Steelers' defense did at the beginning of the year last year, and you take what the Steelers' offense did at the end of the year last year, you've got yourself a Super Bowl-caliber team. It's about hitting your stride at the right time. I'm not going to write them off just because I don't think they've done enough this offseason to change the personnel. Ryan Shazier spoke today. I heard Greg Cody on the Dan Lebetard show say, these players know what they're getting into. He was talking about Dwight Clark and how he passed away due to ALS, and he drew a line between ALS and football, and I don't know if there's actually one to be had there, but regardless, he drew that line, and he said, well, players know what they're getting into. No, they don't. Players don't look at what Ryan Shazier is going through right now and say, okay, this is something that I sign up for. They don't look at what Ryan Shazier is doing right now and say, yeah, I'm okay with that. If you give somebody a choice between being crippled, at least for the time being, and being a millionaire, they're going to choose being a millionaire. But if you ask them if you want to be crippled to be a millionaire, they're going to say no. Nobody signed up for that. They realize they're signing up for broken legs. They realize they're signing up for broken arms and torn ACLs. They realize they're signing up for the concussion here and there. But they don't think about signing up for possible paralysis. That's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Before we educate you on Peru, we're going to go to Rick in Houston who wants to educate us on Denmark and the Dutch. Hello. Yeah, how you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Damn it, Rick. Tell me what you know about Denmark and the Dutch. All right. The Dutch are the Netherlands. In soccer, they're known by Holland. They're the Orange Crush. They always wear orange for their uniforms. They were the Orange Crush of the 70s. They were a great team back then. Denmark is black. Or, I'm sorry, white Whoa. and red. Completely different. Rick, are you from Europe? I'm from Brazil. Oh, so yeah. Soccer expert. What did you learn about the Dutch and Denmark? You were doing research over there, right? Or no? Who, me? Yeah, a little bit. 
Um, nothing that we couldn't have found out from that call because apparently they used to be called the Orange Crush in the years of 74 and 78. They made it to the finals, lost both times. I don't see what the big deal is. They weren't even that good. No. <laughs> we got to the finals and lost. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That Holland, Denmark, Dutch, like the Dane buff- creation. Like the Buffalo Bills of European soccer. Brazil's in Europe, right? Yeah, Adam. Right in the heart of it. Let's learn about another <laughs> European country, Peru. Yeah, that's also right in the heart of Europe. Why do they have an Italian national anthem? <laughs> there are over 3,000 different varieties of potato grown in Peru. Machu Picchu Potatoes? is one of the new seven wonders of the world. Potatoes? I, thought, I didn't know Pokemon were real. The largest flying bird on Earth can be found in Peru. It's That's the giant Andean condor. I thought it was the pterodactyl. The Pisco Sour is Peru's national drink. Hmm. 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 The ancient Incas created the first census. Huh. Guinea pigs are a delicacy to eat in Peru. Oh. And Peru used to be the world leader in exporting bird droppings. Wow. I don't know what the world leader is now. I don't know about you guys, but that's where I get all my bird droppings. If you need bird droppings, you go to Peru. Those people know how to do bird crap right. They're good. The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by bird droppings from Peru. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. This is Italian. 